The views, opinions, and accounts expressed on Card Wars are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the Extra Points Podcast Network. Welcome to Card Wars. Here are your hosts, Paul LaDuca and Caleb Keller. Ah, oh, yes, indeed. We are back and we are spending Cousin Sal's money on some sports cards. And Paul, we've come to the point in the sports calendar where we're finally ready to get out of this uh, NBA lull, the playoffs, yeah. all set to begin. Yeah, it is. It's getting exciting, too, especially uh, for myself being a, um, a Phoenix Suns fan, maybe one of the only Phoenix Suns fan uh, um, out there, especially here in New York. But it's exciting for me um, to see Chris Paul and the way he's been playing and Devin Booker and the boys. Um, but it's been very interesting uh, because, you know, um, a lot of people keep keep saying, well, we'll see when the Lakers get back healthy, get back healthy. Now the worry keeps starting to set in on, on some people, whether LeBron and for myself, because I've bought in a lot of LeBron cards. What's going to happen to the Lakers in the playoffs? Um, are they going to make that push or not? Anthony Davis, obviously, with the giant game the other night to you know, keep them afloat and try to get him out of the playoff game. Um, and LeBron says that he's been working on his last couple of times, and I think he's going to come back after the Rocket game, I'm, I'm hoping. But you're right. I mean, this is a time where a lot of guys are stocked up and are hoping that their guys that they stocked up on make their playoff runs, you know, sort of like Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell did last year and had those duels and then their cards start going up. Yeah. Before we get into what cards and what teams we're looking for as we go through the, the playoff roster. Yeah. I think more of a long-term spectrum of where we're at is that, you know, this NBA market has been just been climbing and climbing and climbing so much over the last, you know, 18 months. And, you know, throughout the season, it has seen a pretty uh, significant decline. You know, I think that the prices are coming back down to earth. I think that maybe the fans are a little fatigued that we spent so much money on cards. And plus, there wasn't even that long of an offseason. And then mostly the stars being injured. You know, you name Mm -hmm. the star and we'll tell you the injury that they've had this year. So I feel like once we step across this line into the playoffs, we've had a buyer's market for a good four months plus. I think this is the point now as a buyer. You got to be more savvy because we're about ready to cross over into the seller's market. Yeah, I think that's uh, the other part about it, too, is a lot of people can't get their stuff graded. I think that's the other part why um, people are getting frustrated and they're saying to themselves, OK, um, am I going to have to sell all my stuff raw for the next year? What's going on here? I mean, am I ever going to get anything back graded? And when I do get it back graded, what's the date? Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, and, on, and in the NBA, on a nightly basis, it's crazy. I'll give you an example. I was looking at the Jimmy Butler 2012 13 Prism, his best card. Um, And I was looking for a PSA 10. Um, And I, there was one that sold earlier in the week for 400 that I did not realize. I wish I would have bought it. Um, And then there was one that sold for like 450. Then he goes out and he scores 28 points, has nine rebounds, eight assists. I go in for an auction. I was like thinking last night or two nights ago, I think I was talking to you, ended up going for $550. So it just shows you got to try to catch these guys down on a little bit of a lull um, when they're, like you said, somewhat not on the court. So you're getting LeBron a tiny bit at a lull, but a lull, tiny bit. He's still LeBron. Um, you're getting some of these guys, like you said, that have had injuries. And the guys that have stayed on the court have risen a little bit, a la 
Julius Randle, I think he leads the league in minutes. And R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, I think, are one or two in minutes, uh, besides LeBron before he got hurt. But um, those guys' stock is rising because they're on the floor. You, so you make a good point. The guys on the floor are the stock, is the guy's stocks that's sort of rising. You know, last year in the bubble, they added the the play-in game to kind of give you a flex. If you were close enough to the eight seed, you could get in. And that made for really good TV and really good uh, eBay action when you had John Morant and the Grizzlies mm-hmm. taking on the ultra-hot Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers. And this year, they've even expanded it now 7 through 10. And these te- these are key teams. I mean, let's look at the West. Okay, nobody cares about the Spurs as the 10 seed, but then the ninth seed in this, in this play-in series, Nobody here's John Morant, ja Morant, the Grizzlies again. Here's Steph Curry, the MVP in Golden State is number eight. And then the defending champ, the Lakers are in the seven sw- uh, spot. So, yeah. I mean, the, okay, here's the, my, here's the West my alone. To, here's my point to you. Okay. Do you think Golden State can win a series? Yes or no? I think that they could win maybe the play-in series, but yeah, okay, I don't think okay. they could beat Phoenix or Utah. Okay, so there you go. All right. So Steph Curry sort of sort of back on he's a little hot right now. Now he he's I mean he's not back to where he was. But when now Steph Curry goes off and scores 50 in those some odd like say three games and then it's a five game series after that I think they're doing they're going with, right? Um so say he goes off in six of those eight games or whatever, would you sell? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't get I mean, a better seller's market, but then when they're making buckets in the playoffs. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so now you have your curries, you're sitting there, you're hoping to win through the playoff game. Is that like, it's a little bit of gambling with, with, with basketball cards. It really is. Like, so like you're using names, a lot of guys. What if, what if the Grizzlies just, you know, win a playoff game and now the whole world actually sees John Moran. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I mean, primetime games is John Moran played it. Um, in, now the whole world gets to see Job Morant, so I would think he'd get a, a giant bo- boost. I think a lot of people don't stay up late. They know who Chris Paul is, um, DeAndre Ayton, and, and and Devin Booker. They know, but I don't really think they truly know Devin Booker how good of a player he is. So there's some teams people know Lillard, but you know there's some teams where you're gonna find some guys out, like we found last year. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, a lot of guys just came out of the woodwork. You know, Kendrick Nunn got hurt. Tyler Hero got his opportunity and he, he took off. There's going to be that, that one person that takes off. Over on the East, I think that this is a, a very impactful play-in type of tournament. You got Beal and Westbrook just snuck into the 10 spot. And, you know, Westbrook just set a, a triple-double record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beal's right there with Steph Curry for the scoring title. Nine's my Indiana Pacers. Thank you for extending a couple spots for them <laughs> to have a chance. Lonzo Ball, or I should take that back, LaMelo Ball, even better. LaMelo Ball's in there with the Hornets and then the Boston Celtics are in that seven to 10 range for this opening yeah. play in series. Yeah. And for me, I want the Celtics not to be in a, a play in series. Uh, I know Jalen, I got invested in Jalen Brown. He's hurt right now, but <clears throat> he's dealing with the same thing as LeBron and an ankle sprain. Um, I'm hoping that they can get to the sixth spot or not, but yeah, I mean, you're going to get to see LaMelo play. I think that's giant for him. Cause a lot of people thought, and it's giant for you. I know you picked up a bunch and you picked them up at the right time of his uh, Donruss. Uh, rookie card base, but you know, it's huge for him because I think a lot of people are going to see his skills on the kids. Is, he's, he's a highlight film. And I think that helps out too. Um, playoff atmosphere. Shots get magnified a little bit more and that's when the cards go up. So I think, like you said, the lull, but with 10 teams getting in, I think it's going to help, but you got to hope your team can 
we at least win one series and hang around for a little bit because then you know the more more your guy gets seen, the more you can you can your your, your card's going to go up. That's just the bottom line. So I know last week you had to break it to me. I knew that Lewis Robert was injured. I didn't necessarily know the extent until I got up and we uh, recorded yeah. this in the morning. But I'm not sure if you missed last night. Jalen Brown out for the season with the wrist. Oh, he is out for the season. Yeah. Oh man, that hurts. Ugh. I thought he was dealing with. A high, they kept saying a high ankle sprain, and then they said wrist. Now, mm-hmm. uh, well, there goes that investment. But you, you know, you sit on it until next year, and you hope it, it works out. You have those times where you just do it. You know, I invested a couple hundred bucks in Jalen, and he put up thirty nine and back to back, and then forty. I mean, I don't know how they're gonna. I didn't even realize that, <clears throat> but now I don't know how they're gonna score any points i mean jason tatum just, i mean they don't have anybody on the floor really that can put up points or create their own shot besides jason now i think that when we sell these though at the national everybody's gonna be on an even playing field nobody's gonna be playing at the time so i don't think you're gonna get necessarily dinged for being injured that's that was kind of my take on Lamelo. even if he didn't come back was that by the national nobody's gonna be playing so everybody's gonna be on a level field so yeah i mean if if you were planning on selling in the next few weeks the jalen brown injury hurts if you're planning on selling right after the NBA Finals, I don't, I don't think it hurts as much since everybody's going to be in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That's right. I mean, but the Lamellos is a big pickup because they're low. If he would have never had that injury, you would have never been able to pick up those cards that low. And they're starting to go up already. I think they're – what'd you get them for? They were about 30, maybe down to 25 a pop. Yeah, I think now I looked yesterday, they were 40 to 50 already. So they've already dumped up 10 to 20 bucks. So as we've been looking through our eBay queues, you've really been focused on the Miami Heat. They're sitting here at six. They're, they're the first team out of the play-in series. They look comfortably out. They're two games ahead of the Celtics. But are you just rewind it to last year, right? I mean, last year was the year that the Heat made the run and the Jimmy Butler prisms went up and, and the Bam Adebayos and the Tyler Heroes. But you, you're pretty much thinking that the same thing could happen this year. Yeah, I just think Jimmy Butler's got that mentality of, of Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul. Um, he just brings a different atmosphere when he plays the heat win it's just the bottom line and he's been playing pretty heavy minutes and he just knows when to show up and he's been playing heavy minutes to get out of the seven to ten spot to get themselves into a series because he knows um there's not a team in the east that he really fears um they showed it showed it last year they got the same group of guys back um and i think they got the best coach besides uh i mean besides doc and let's be honest philadelphia is not battle proven um, a lot of teams in the East are not battle proven. Neither are the are are the the Nets. So Jimmy Butler's just got that it in him. So and he's going to continue to put up games when he wants to play. He's going to play. And when it comes to playoff time, it's sort of like playoff Jimmy. It's sort of like playoff LeBron. So yeah, I've been looking at a lot of his cards and, and purchased a couple for this week because um, I think that he can make another run. I really do. They're starting to gel again at the right time. Okay, so let's look at the key rookies in the last two seasons. All right, let's, let, let's not talk about LaMelo this year, but the two drafts prior. Yeah. Obviously, you had Zion and Ja, and then the year before, you had Trey and Luca. Trey and Luca. Now, now, of those four, Zion's the one that isn't getting invited to the dance here because mm-hmm. I'm impressed with Trey Young. You know, Trey Young's been on three years of losing teams, even going back to Oklahoma. You yeah. know, they, they have not won a lot of games with Trey Young, but they're winning this year. John Morant, he's into the playoff game again. He's going to get a playoff game. And then Luca, I mean, they've se- they've secretly been really strong to be right there in the midpoint of the West. So for for Zion, where's the hope for the future? You know, do you feel like next year the Pelicans can get this thing right? They're, they're they've kind of made it made it like 
uh, Duke West, Trajan Langdon's their guy. They got so many Duke players mm-hmm. on the squad. But, I mean, at some point, we got to at least get to the playoffs to continue his momentum. Yeah, um, especially when he's just putting up 30 a night. Now, I want to say he's shooting 60-some-odd percent from the field. Um, he's having a monster year. He really is. Um, yeah, I think he might be the only one that's not soft on that team. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, I think a lot of the other guys are sort of – Pretty soft. I mean, Brandon Ingram, would you consider him soft? I mean, he can put up Probably. points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you're, you you talk about it, saying it's Duke West and it's this and that. Um, they need to find the, the right chemistry. Like a Chris Paul, they need somebody like that. Obviously, he's in Phoenix, and he, it, they needed somebody to that aspect, somebody that, that can lead them and guide them. And I give, I give Zion a lot of credit, too, you know, he sits down below and he gets, he eats his money up down below and he's not trying to shoot a lot of three pointers, um, knows how to play the game and physically to have a body like that at age 20 is amazing. And his, you know, I would think his point of view is stay healthy until they start building around me. But the pieces they build around him is just Brandon Ingham's just, he's a good player, but he's just to me, not a winning player, especially in the NBA. Um, and a lot of those pieces on that team are, are good players, but they're not, Winning players, when you look at Zion, he's got that killer instinct for me that he, he wants to win now. And, like, I think the kid's not used to losing. So I don't – I would give it maybe a year or two before he starts getting a little clout and starts saying, hey, listen, let's start sending some pieces around me. I mean, I know he's only 20 and he can't say much, but if you keep putting up 30 a night and you're shooting 60% for the field, they're going to start listening to you pretty soon. Yeah, and I go back to Trey Young, you know. Trey Young had lost so many games in those first two seasons. The first season, they were like 20 and something mm-hmm. on a full schedule. The next season, they had about 20 wins. And then again, his final 11 games at Oklahoma, he went two and nine. But mm-hmm. now this year, five seed winning record. So, you know, Zion, they'll get it figured out. Too, too good of a player to not. But how about let's flip over to the West. And, you know, Utah has maintained their number one spot, even with Mitchell waiting to come back from injury. You got the Clippers right there at three, Denver minus uh, Jamal Murray at four, and then Phoenix. And I thought this was interesting. On Instagram the other day, somebody put up uh, a picture of the three big players for the Phoenix Suns and said something like, thoughts underneath. And as I read through the comments, there was such a big disparity of, of you know, Phoenix is their pretenders. They've had a good regular season. They can't stack up with the top. Mm-hmm. And then others were, have you guys been watching the games this year. So the the Suns had the biggest disparity of how the crowd feels about them going to the playoffs. Well, yeah, they did. And I don't think a lot of people realize the Suns were taking the move in the right direction with Ricky Rubio, by the way, as their their point guard at one time. I mean, they went from Alex Len to DeAndre Ayton. I remember they thought Alex Len was the next coming. And then he left. Um, Then they had Kelly Oubre. They decided, you know what? Kansas player, soft, gone. Um, let's bring in some guys that want to come out and play, you know? So you go to Devin Booker, you keep Devin Booker, you, you draft well, um, you draft Aiton, and then you bring in Chris Paul and there's the glue, right? Um, Monty Williams done an unbelievable job there. Uh, and they're better than people think. You, people need to take them very, very seriously, especially with Chris on the floor. Um, and they got a pretty deep bench. I mean, a lot deeper. They're very, very athletic too. Um, so I think people need to take them serious, take them very seriously. You don't win 50 games in the NBA, especially in a sort of short season, almost 50 games in the NBA. I don't care about the injuries and these guys sitting out this, everybody thinks everybody can, you can just turn it on. Um, 
And I don't know about that. I, I think Phoenix is going to be a handful. I really do. I think the one player in that top part of the Western Conference that has the most room for growth, in my mind, is Paul George. And I've said this before. I think Paul George reminds me a lot of Clayton Kershaw. They get to the playoffs every year. He's known as being an underperformer. But you get there enough times, and finally you're going to throw a great World Series game like Kershaw yeah. did. And at one point, you know, Paul George is going to come up with his 38-point game and the heroic late shot. And, you know, the Clippers have stayed together. They've been healthy. They've been on the same page this year. They they had a brain fart last year to the Nuggets, or they would have had a chance to square up against the Lakers. So I look at Paul George. He's kind of that no-man's land, like Jimmy Butler and Anthony Davis, that 2000. 10 to 2012, like they, yeah. they were realigning the card game and there's, you know, there's not a ton out there, but overall he's, he's not going to have collectors. Like there's Damian Lillard collectors. Like yeah. I follow, I follow the Lillard patch King. I follow the little, Lillard account. There's, <laughs> nobody's got a specific Paul George account, but as the playoffs wear on, people are going to want some of those uh, 2011 rookies and even the autographs. Yeah, I guess. People in LA, it, it, it's just a weird dichotomy. I mean, you and I were together in LA, and we know that Paul was from there. Um, and his whole thing was he wanted to be a Laker, he ends up being a Clipper. Um, but one thing about Paulie, you know this too, is that being a Pacer fan, he's not bashful. He's going to get his shots up. It seems like Kawhi Leonard, like the last three, four years, taking a helicopter in from San Diego. He doesn't even live in LA, takes his helicopter in for practice. He's sort of checked out a little bit, still Kawhi Leonard, but he's not the, the Kawhi Leonard that could take over a game like he used to. And like Paul is, like you said, it's had his struggles in playoff games, but he's going to have, like I said, he's not bashful and he's going to have maybe one of those series where he just goes off. And I think it's just one of those things um, we call this a lot the light bulb angle in horse racing where a horse hasn't won in a while and then finally wins. And then, boom, Alma feels that winning spirit and then, boom, wins again and again. Um, and that's something that I think is, might happen to Paul. You're right. They're, they're at a point where, okay, they see, the, they see the team in the other side of the locker room with maybe the best player of all time besides Jordan, Hurt. Um, Anthony Davis is their only really other option to score points right now with the Lakers. This is an opportunity to seize a championship if you think Phoenix is phony um, and go get it. So Paul George could be something, but you make a great point. When I went back, I'm looking at the Anthony Davis, the Paul Georges and the Chris Pauls and, and, and the Jimmy Butlers, all in those, those weird eras. <laughs> they're hard to find the cards or, or the cards are not as beautiful as they are now. It's, it's really oh. weird. You know what I mean? They got, they got, you know, marquee, uh, crusade brands that aren't made anymore. And and if the brands are still being made like Prism, you can't afford them. So you either got to get a brand like elite. That's not a brand anymore, or you got to take out a loan and get a Prism from 2012, (laughs) which is unattainable. Well, the Prism, I think I looked the Prism, Anthony Davis, what we got last night was 1100 for 10, somewhere around there. Yep. For 10, 1100, the butlers are, F or 10, like I told you, they're going anywhere from 400 to 600, somewhere in that area. Um, the Chris Pauls are actually going for more, if I'm not mistaken. I looked at a couple of his, um, but you're right. And the Crusades were pretty cool cards. The Marquis were pretty cool cards. I actually got I actually got a Jimmy Butler Marquis. <laughs> um, I paid 30 bucks for it, somewhere in that area. Uh, <laughs> but like, I guess, like, do the 
what do you do with those cards that they don't make anymore? Do they become relics or do they like just sit there as, uh, uh, you know what I mean? (laughs) I think that the idea behind buying one of those uh, cards that (laughs) you, you know, you buy them low and you sell them low, but there's still a margin to be made. Yeah. But, um, we should go, let's get into our eBay musings this week. And should I start with how I nearly bought a $500 soccer card? (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. So like Caleb and I got on the phone. And so he's like, what are you looking at right now? And that, that's when I was on the Jimmy Butler kick. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going for the prism. Um, and then what was the other card I told you that I was looking at? Uh, and I almost bought it for a thousand. Well, you, you, I don't know. Everyone you sent me this week's been Jimmy Butler card after card. Yeah, it was, card. I, I want to say it was the signed pristine one. What was the one that was uh, the Beckett pristine one? Oh, that was there for was a thousand. There was, well, there was a black label P, uh, uh, BGS yeah, 10. Yeah, BGS 10 that I almost paid a thousand for. The guy wanted 11, 11 something, 104. I'm, I'm trying to get, an, <laughs> I'm trying to sneak in for that Jimmy Butler 10 and about like 400, and I just can't. And I don't know how I missed it for 406. That thing had to close, whatever. So I, I almost bought that. Then I almost bought the thousand dollar card. Then I was like, you know what? I found a crispy one that's raw. And you saw it. You think it looks pretty good. I paid 100, I paid 100 for it and made the guy an offer 100. Right now they're going for like 150 raw. But again, like, what can I sell that for if I can't get it graded? You know what I mean? So, but I bought that and I bought a couple other ones, but I had some big ones in the queue. And then you come to me and you go, would you believe that I'm right now bidding on a car that's $280 at the time? It was 280 when you, you called me and I'm like, what? And so Caleb and I, this had to be what? A while ago. Um, had a very, very good time at a bar in Redondo Beach watching a little soccer. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and we watched this guy play and he just lit up the board and his cards are going crazy. So go ahead and go. Uh, uh, you know, at least the World Cup was at Circa like five years ago, something like that. This, this years, dude, eh? Thomas Rodriguez from <laughs> Colombia. He was sick. I mean, he was making all the goals. I, I think he won the golden boot, which means he scored the most goals in the World Cup. He wore number 10, which everybody knows, like the best player on the team wears number 10. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's kind of had that look. So I'm like, I wonder what this guy's up to. And I looked up his cards on eBay. And sure enough, here's a brand new prism, black gold, one of one. One of one. Yeah. And at the time, at the time it was like 125. Obviously, you knew that the auction was gonna was gonna go way up from there. So and I kind of looked into it. I'm like, is this guy like still sick? <laughs> and uh, it turns out, you know, he's playing for Everton, which they're a decent squad. Um, the thing was as I did a little research that I think he switched to midfield as opposed to forward. So a lot mm-hmm. of his highlights, he's still scoring some goals, but some of his highlights were more like nice passes than hitting the goals in the World Cup. So, anyways. You know, we got to about 250 when I was talking to you. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up to like 325. And the thing kept on rising. And once I got to 325, 350, I kind of, I mean, I can't rationalize having my most expensive card bought on Cousin Sal's money being a soccer card. But the thing <laughs> ended for 405. And I think that'll probably be the last time I ever entertained a soccer card. But it was kind of fun to follow along and do a little Premier League uh, research, which I've never done. Yeah. And I started doing UFC research. Uh, I was watching UFC fights the other night and I was hit up my buddy who's sharp and he's been breaking a lot of wax. He was telling me how in 2019 he paid $600 for, um, a PSA 10, two PSA 10 Don Ross, uh, um, Mahomes and seven other, 
uh, seven other ones in 2019. And he's been breaking a lot and he's gotten into the hobby, obviously. So I was asking him, he's very sharp in UFC. So I started uh, a guy named Vittori. I started researching some of his cards. So I was thinking about investing in him. He thinks he can be a champ. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Like I've been looking up a lot of my players cause I bought that soccer pack and I've been like trying to look, it's actually pretty cool. Like looking where they're playing. One of my better guys actually plays for Ivory coast. Uh, huh. One of the guys that I pulled out of one of those prison packs, but they're great cards too. That Jaime Rodriguez card that you showed me was just sick too. So, and he had some other ones that would think that were there were in the thousand area somewhere in that. I want to say that he had a 2012 or 2014 card that was on uh, eBay for like almost 1500 or somewhere in that area. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, how soccer, you know, with the World Cup coming and then it's going to be back on U.S. soil in five years. That soccer cards, are, you know, could be a, a great investment. You know, stick with UFC for a second, which, I, you know, I don't know enough of the fighters and um, I've never bought a pack. But, you know, UFC has got such a small window. Now yes. the window to sell going in, you know, I've, I've heard um, collectors tell me that, look, look at the UFC card, you know, go in advance, get guys. And in two months, they're going to be ready for the title fight. And then you're going to be ready to sell. But you know, the window is so small that like, what are these, like, what's the market for like uh, uh, Chuck Liddell or John Jones or the guys that were just fighting not too, not too long ago, but they're yeah. not fighting anymore. And, and one thing, one reason that, you know, that professional wrestling is scripted, how can the undertaker go 30 years but some of these guys can only go, you know, a year or two in UFC. It's a, it's a brutal sport. So your window is very, very small if you're collecting. No, it is. It's very, very small. I mean, like, obviously, Conor McGregor brought that it factor. And I think that obviously helps out the card industry the way he was. So demonstrative. Um, the documentary about him, the story about him. I think that has a lot to do, especially with the UFC, where these guys come from. And you're right. It's a brutal, brutal sport. I mean, look at Ronda Rousey. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, she got humbled in a second. Um, and so, you know, that that is very, very true. But if you can catch a guy, and it's a sport, too, where it's one punch and it's lights out. So if you catch a young kid that's like, 14 and 0, like you said, and boom, 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 he gets his title shot, lands a shot, and that maybe that's the time to sell. You know what I mean? So, like, there is some money, obviously, in UFC. My buddy was telling me he's got a couple, he had a couple of Conor McGregor's that he had some um, patches signed, and he says they they sell immediately. He's that popular, obviously. So, um, because he's got that kind of personality. But besides Conor McGregor, it's really tough for people that aren't in the sport to really name another guy. Um, you, you know, you name some other guys, but you name who's the, you know, the, the, the contender in the 160 pound, who's the contenders. I don't know him. Um, so like, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know the UFC that much. I know guys, a couple guys here and there, but the up and coming guys, do they really sell? Um, and do, or are they only going to sell because of their, their main events or not? So the UFC is a little bit trickier than selling soccer, considering that soccer is always on a world stage, you know? Right, let's get to a few of my pickups, and we'll get to our pickups of the week. But the, the Trey Young Essential PSA 10, Paul, like I've said, when I find a car that I like in sports card investing, my first thought is I should get another one of those. So that's what I did with the <laughs> Trey Young Essentials. And the thing landed for $81.32. The way I look at it, this I, I can pull this PSA 10 rookie out of my pocket, and somebody will for sure give me a Benjamin at the Nationals, maybe even some on top of that. So I feel like these so are you've gotten 20. You've gotten $200 or yep. $100. Both, one was 85 and this one was even 81 so, I mean, that's 20 to 25% plus okay. investment all day. Uh, I picked up a couple Brady's. 
I got a red mosaic to, if we get into these new graded slabs, I wanted to find out it's got red and orange into it. Really good looking collar. Here's a little tip I was telling you on, on the Tom Brady. So the buy it now is on these Tom Brady's were 50 all day, 50, 55, 50, so on and so on. But you get to an auction, which they have one listed card looked in good condition. If you're willing to wait three days and four hours to get to this auction now with all these cards going for 50, I waited out and I get to the point where the things at like $24 and I put in 48, I'll put in just under the buy it nows that are all over eBay. And then sure enough, the thing lands and it was like 27 bucks is what it ended for 32 after taxes. So if you're willing to wait, you can get a, a big deals what on these think, auctions. It's a time out, time out, time out. Were we it landed at 27? And they and all the buy nows, 50, well, 50, 50, I'm, 50. I'm calling you out. Wait a second. Are you setting an alarm at like four in the morning? What the hell? <laughs> this this one I purchased at my um cousin's fifth birthday party. We were eating cake on the back porch. I set an alarm like I always do, and I got that thing for about half the price of the buy it nows. It, it's crazy because I've I've been looking at that um um the marquee, it was a marquee. I, th- I want to say it was the marquee Jimmy Butler that I bought, it was, it, it was graded by a, a, a company that's a, a company I never really heard of, but it said pristine 10. So I figured, okay, it's a pristine 10 for 35. So I kept looking at it, looking at it. And uh, next thing you know, you get, sometimes you'll get uh, a message from the buyer say, Hey, I'll give it to you for 30. So I got that for 30 and I'm obviously, I'll probably take it out of that slab and then re-slab it. Um, cause if it's, if they think it's pristine, I know it's a Joe, maybe a Joe grading company, but if it, if they think it's pristine, it's gotta be at least a nine or a 10. So I'll take, probably take it out of that slab. And then, um, I got the prism Jimmy Butler that I want to actually send to HGA. Um, it looks crispy. I hope it comes crispy. Um, I looked at the guy that, um, his uh, shop, he had very good grades too. I think that's very key. You you teaching me that too. When you are buying cards, to look who you're buying the cards from. And I think the other part too is Caleb. Like, I'm not a fan of buying cards with people with one picture. I mean, show me mm. at least a couple pictures here and there, so I can see the back of the card and stuff like that. Um, and then right now, I'm um, I'm close to buying those nine lots of of the NBA hoops. I'm thinking about doing it. There's a guy out there that has nine NBA hoops, Jimmy Butler rookies. PSA nines. And it's a lot of nines. Um, the auction ends right now. I want to say it's only at $260. Um, I'm hoping that it maybe lands at like 300 by the end of the day. So I looked, I looked those cards up. So they're going for like 60, $70, right? Yeah. Individually. I think I saw some sell in the fifties, but you know, you put them all together and that's going to drive the price down. And if you feel like you can get 60 or maybe 75 and multiply that profit many times over. I think they're, they're it could be a, the hoops isn't his best card. And obviously the PSA nine isn't the best grade, but you know, you're getting into potentially slabbed Butler rookies in the $40 market. And that well, sounds like good math. Yeah. My thing is, it's just like, okay, how many people are going to have stuff in slabs? That's my thing. Like when we go to nationals, people are going to have so many raw cards. And I'm wondering if, you're going to be able to get some decent deals at the nationals because there's going to be so many raw cards and you and I will be able to look at them and see if what we think we're going to get them because I think people that have cards and slabs and PSA tens and in the new HGA or are going to, I don't know. 
there's going to be those people that are going to want to pay for that premium because it's in a slab already and they don't want to deal with sending their stuff away. I don't know what you're feeling about that. You don't think they're going to sell better because there's just going to be more less cards in, in, that are graded? I think, yeah, I think they're going to sell great. I mean, there's no doubt about it, especially some of the newer ones and uh, the players that had good uh, runs there through the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, you know, if things were running more fluidly than, than like I have a stack of 131 cards from PSA and I don't even know if I'll get those back. So there's a ton of people out there like me that going back to like July of last year, had this process gone much better, you, you could have completely multiplied the slabs that are going to be on that showroom uh, in late July. So now they're not getting them back. They're not open for grading. So yeah, I think that the, the slabs sell so easily, right? With a raw, they want to look, and I understand it. I'll, let's look at it. Tell me about it. Can I turn it around? Yeah. Think about it. Do some comps. But the slab is just is fluid currency. It's a very yeah. liquid type of thing. And uh, I think they're going to be in even more demand this summer. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when it has the grade on it, um, when it has the PSA, when it has the Beckett, um, you know what it is. It has a currency. You go right to sold items and you know exactly what it sells for. I, I know the Jimmy Butler Prism PSA 10 goes from anywhere from 400 to 600 on a good night. Um, just the bottom line, that is a $400 bill. If you get it for less than 400 buy it because you can put it right on and make money. It's just, you can comp it out. It's very, very, very simple. So, um, but you gotta be patient. You gotta be very, very patient. And sometimes when, you know, you find a raw card that you, that, that does look pretty crispy and looks like it could be something. And you know, that, that buyer doesn't have the time to, to send it away or just wants to get rid of it. You know, you can cut a deal and I'm hoping that that Jimmy Butler comes back nice, but you're right. I think they're going to sell crazy. I think the people that have their, especially the newer cards, like if anybody was able to get any of their newer cards, you know, like the Lamellos and like those, I, there's no one going to have any Lamellos slabbed by that time. Maybe, but not that many. There's, I mean, a lot of the young, young players, there's not going to, they're going to be selling them raw. So I know your pickup of the week was that Jimmy Butler prism and which, by the way, I think the centering on it looks great. You know, the centering, you can cut, you can tell the centering from the pictures. And I think that number one, you got one that was centered. Well, number two, they, they've been about 150. I remember at our card show, this yeah. guy wanted 150 for a raw. What did yours in for? And I, the guy wanted one, uh, 39 and I just submitted a hundred. I was like, oh, I'll give you a hundred for it. And I kept looking at it and I just said a hundred on it forever, ever. And then he finally took it. It was the same guy that in, he's like, okay, then you got to take all three. So I took that for a hundred and then the marquee for 30. And then I took that other pristine for 30, which was the, um, that was the one that had the ascent. What was it had the, it has the silver on the bottom. I got to look at it. Remember you were looking at that card. It's like, a, it's like a, it had pristine too. What was it called? So Jimmy Butler, I forget what it was. It's the silver on the bottom. I'll send you a picture of it. I think I sent it to yeah. you last night. Well, again, these sets that aren't made anymore. So stuff to get. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not made anymore. And then I even looked at like the Jimmy Butler Crusade. It looked awesome. Some guy mm -hmm. had it out there, graded. But like I asked you, like they don't make them anymore. And I'm wondering if there's a market out there for those kind of cards. But if it's slab, there might be. Well, my pickup of the week also going to be out of the Prism set. And you know, I haven't really had a chance in my investing to buy a lot of Luka Doncic. You know, when I really started getting back into to putting my money into uh, cards, it was. Zion and Jaws rookie year. And I kind of felt like I was a year late 
on Luca because those prices had already exploded. So I don't really have many in my personal collection. But you know, I was like, you know what, I gotta get one. And uh, sure enough, from his rookie year, it was an insert. Obviously, it's not the base, but the freshman phenoms, and it's a silver, right? So I looked it up, and there's a couple that had ended for 150 or like right around it. I'm like, okay, we got to find this one. And I looked at the guy's store, and he was just selling singles that he had no graded, and it looked like a chance to to find a high quality card. So this, Paul, shows you how buyer friendly eBay is. So the the auction is at seventy seven dollars. Okay, and I'm going to put into the queue one fifty seven. That was my that was my number because I was going to go mm-hmm. above the last comp of one fifty. I go one fifty seven. The thing ended at seventy eight. They they only bid up for you. So literally, I was willing to pay double what the thing paid for, which is kind of unfair to the to the seller. But like I've said before eBay is a buyer's market mm-hmm. and a place like Starstock is a seller's market. So that thing is so nice looking. And I wanted to compare it out of the same set, 1819 to the Luca silver base. Right. And the last one of those that sold went for, you know, 1,150. Right. So people talk about finding price gaps. Yes, of course I would rather have the base, but 15 times. Yeah, I agree. You know, so it's a cool looking I, card too. It's a cool looking yeah. card. I mean like, so, and like you said, I get it just because it's an insert. At some point, it that's gap's got to close. No, I mean it can't be that many different. I understand the king card, whatever, but that card's a pretty good looking card, dude. I mean, I I think you got to steal on it. I mean, listen, you've gotten you think about it, you got two Trey Youngs and a Luca for basically two hundred bucks, or right yeah, two forty somewhere in that area. That those are going to be $500, $500 bills. Not not each of them, but they'll be 500 by the time you get to Nationals. You think about it yeah. that way. yeah. And for the for the players out there that are, are trying to play this game on a little bit more of a budget, what I've learned over a couple of years is that, you know, I would rather, I'd rather go down the ladder on the card as opposed to the player, right? Sometimes you, you want to dig down the, the player rosters and find a hidden gem. We all want to do that or a prospect. But in reality, you can go get the big guys, the Brady's and the Lucas and the Trey's and whoever, but just be clever on kind of going down the ladder and finding yeah. a card that you think's got some eye appeal or that hasn't caught up to the price. So I've kind of learned that and sometimes the hard way, but stick with the top players, but then get creative when you go down the ladder to try to find the right card. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like the more I've reached into this, everybody's after the base card, right? Everybody's after the base big card. Don't be afraid to go after like, Caleb said like the, the insert card that nobody has, or like some of the cards that aren't even being made anymore. If they're, if they're slabbed already, I mean, if they're slabbed and they look good and, and pristine and they're going to go up eventually, it's only the, the prisms like the 2000. I mean, what can the Jimmy Butler, what can more can Jimmy Butler, if he wins the championship, what does that card go to 1500 mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler doesn't have that much of a ceiling. Now if Zion Williamson wins like four games. His is going to go up quadruple because he's 20 years old. I mean, let's be honest. Okay. So, you know, my Jimmy, the Jimmy Butler, I was thinking that goes for seven, 800 to sell. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You make three, 400, you double your money on the card and you get out. And the ceiling on Jimmy Butler is, is right here. The ceiling on Zion and, and then LaMelo and all those guys are right here because they're of their age. It's just in, in the stats that they're going to be able to put up in this day and age. And Jimmy Butler is not a stat stuffer. He's more of a winning type of player, um, although he can put up points and all that kind of stuff too. But I think sticking with Zion, sticking with Ja, and sticking with a Lamelo, it's only a matter of time before one of those good, their teams are going to get good and get get elevated. 
and then then those one of those kids is just going to take off or maybe all three. I mean, if you look at Steph, look at Steph. Steph had, a, the, you know, the run of a lifetime. Um, and then everybody gets hurt. And what happens? Oh, I'm going to start putting up 50 point games and he's starting to ascend again. So um, sometimes those guys are just great players. Don't go away. All right, how about this? Five and five. I'm going to put you on the spot uh, of the last three draft classes. You've got five pretty big whale rookies. You got train Luca, Zion and jaw, and Lamella Ball of those five, and you somebody could give you, you know, let's say a, a stack of PSA ten rookie cards, but you can only sell them in five years. This isn't about the current price. This isn't about next year. We're talking a five year span of those five. Who would you take? I'd probably take Lamelo. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get with you on that. I, I really believe that. I think uh, because he's got that flair. Okay, first of all, he's got the he's got the Javar Ball behind. Um, which was kind of a joke. We obviously know he's 10 times better than his brother. He's got the hundred point game in high school. He was always touted as being a better player than Lonzo. And then the middle brother, he doesn't go to go to college, goes over. Then he comes over here. Everybody thinks it's this and that. And I'm watching this kid play and I'm like, Oh, wait a second. This is, looks like a little young Isaiah Thomas, the way he can get to the rim at, at like that height knows how to throw the ball high off the backboard over a guy taller um, just got that knack to put the ball in the basket, a little flashy. Um, I sort of like that. Now it'd be between him and Luca, and the only reason why is because Luca's built like a brick shit house. Let's put it that way. Sorry for saying that. Um, and I think he, knock on wood, that he he stays injury free, Caleb, because he's he's you know he's a big boy. I mean, and he yeah. seems like he's on the court. He's always playing, and you're gonna get minutes out of Luca, but. Uh, and I know Lamelo is a little bit maybe fragile, but those two guys. But for the price, I'd probably for the price, I'd load up on a, as many Lamelos because I just think the kids. I think the kid's going to be a, a superstar. I think he's going to be a, a kid that's going to be top five assist leaders. He's going to put up a lot of triple doubles. He can rebound too for a size too. And he's so highlight friendly. Like when you just scroll through yeah. Twitter, you just and and the guy, the play by play announcer. I've been watching some. Uh, Hornets early in the season, their play-by-play announcer is just off the charts wild. So he brings the energy every time Lamelo makes a play, and he's you know he he's got a gesture that he wants. He's so cocky, but he can back it up, which is what the NBA is basically all about. Yeah. Everybody knows that. And you know, for Luca, uh, you know, when I watch Luca play, I'm like, how does this guy just have so many stats? Like always ten plus assists, always nine rebounds, always twenty seven points. But Luca, he's got a game very similar in my mind to Chris Paul. And why I say that is. A lot of times a point guard will start an attack from outside the three-point line. They start driving. They look for a kick. They make a move to the goal. Whereas those two guys can get into the intermediate. They can get the guy on their back hip. They can get the ball to like the 15 and 12-foot mark, keep yeah. the dribble alive, and basically run the offense from half the distance away from the goal that most point guards are running from outside the lane. So it's a rare ability, and it takes a super talent for a Chris Paul or a Luka to keep the dribble alive be patient and be in command in the intermediate, but that's the quality they have. And that's why it just assists come for them all day. Yeah. And Luca's so big and strong and he rises to the occasion, not as scared. He's not scared of the occasion. And again, we're talking about a kid. I mean, how old's Luca? 21, 22. I mean, it's crazy how young these kids are. So, um, yeah, it, Luca's, that's the other part. Okay, so do you, you, do you choose Luca because he's more international and his cards are going to go? Although Lamelo is international because he went over and played over 
overseas. So that's a vet, uh, that's a great question. I even Trey Young. Listen, Trey Young is sick. I want to say I, I saw somebody shooting over like ninety four percent from the line. Are you kidding me? I mean, like he's he's insane. So you you can't go wrong with any of those guys. But for the price right now, I would I would if you if you're starting right now and you said I'm gonna I got five thousand dollars on me or ten thousand dollars on me and I want to start collecting cards, I'd go spend it all on Lamelo Ball. I would. All right, so this is going to be a big week for us in our collections because in the mail currently, yeah, we've got some cards on the way, but I've got the semi-rigid graded sleeves from Cardboard Gold. Everybody knows when those start coming in, that means you're getting ready for a grading submission. I've got the the thick card holders, everything that's meant to be to get these cards polished and ready to go. We mentioned last week we've got a grading company in mind, and we're looking to slab up a collection here for Cousin Sal. So this week coming up between evaluating what's gradable getting them ready for the grading process, getting into the queue. This is, this is a week I've been looking forward to for a while, and I've never been more excited to have a bunch of plastic cases hit the, cap, hit the house. Yeah, Caleb and I have been going over which ones we want to get slabbed, and hopefully we'll get them slabbed up and, and get good grades. And then, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I just can't wait to get the LeBron uh, slabbed up and some other ones too as well. So it's going to be um, really cool. Uh, to see those, and maybe we'll be the one, only, one of the only ones that will have some slabs, in it, especially for the for the show. And hopefully, don't people don't get their stuff back. All <laughs> right, so a little <laughs> a little NBA playoff preview, which is not too far away. That playing tournament is going to be incredible with the names and the teams that are involved. We're looking to set up a grading submission. Also, of course, we got another Instagram live coming up this week. So show Paul, everybody, fun. Show, show everybody the penny shirt. Let's go. I don't think they can see it, but yeah, we got the, they'll see it on oh, Twitter here, but we got the little penny collection going. So I got some Anthony Hardaway's coming to the house. Currently pretty excited about them. <laughs> That's awesome. Brian penny shirts. All right. So we're going to be talking again. Thanks to the extra points podcast series and our man, cousin Sal for of course, uh, funding this venture on our way up to the nationals. And until we talk to you next time, may all your rookie cards be gems. <laughs>